Trading Nut, episode 194. Look, Cam, that's not a secret at all. Uh, I start the year with 100,000. I started this year with 100,000, and I do that. And, and at, at, at speaking rate, we are now at 1.5 million. And, and that's just what everyone, that's the publicly available information. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern training is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to part three of the Tom Hugard series. Now, part one and part two, if you missed them, they are over there on tradingnut.com or on the YouTube channel. They are top, top draw. So the feedback and comments that I've seen have been amazing. People absolutely loving these interviews. So thanks once again, Tom, for sharing this insight. Now, guys, in today's show, he talks about trading larger size, right? So trading with large size. In fact, he was able to go from 100,000 to 1.5 million by the time we'd recorded the interview this year in the first eight months. I'm not too sure where he's at now, but um, to find out how he does it, and it's probably different from what I see every other trader on the show do, uh, you're going to need to listen up to the interview that we're just about to uh, drop here in a second. Now, if you do want to find out more about what uh, Tom's doing, then I do recommend his book, Best Loser Win. So I've read it twice, and it's got a completely different way to look at mindset. In fact, it gives you some tools and techniques to try and break the habits that you've that are potentially holding you back. So please go and check that out. There are, there are links in the show notes for that as well. Um, other things happening here before we get into this, we've got Kieran Davis back on the show giving us a 10-minute guide to trading Wyckoff like a pro. So this is a great little video. You're going to have to uh, check it out. Do remember, hit subscribe, hit like, and you'll probably get notified when these uh, that video drops. And last but not least, before we get into it, if you're looking to automate anything that you're doing, you want a bit of a hand, I'm, uh, I've got my Robot Builders Club where I teach you how to build pretty much anything you can dream up, uh, fully automated or semi-automated without doing any coding at all. We've also got Robot Lab Live where you can follow along with me building out a trading robot from woe to go with the goal of it passing a funding challenge. And the last but not least, you've got the free trading robot to try that's over there on tradingnut.com. Links under the video or in the podcast description to all of that stuff. All right, enough from me. Let's get on with part three here with Tom. As you'll know, as a trader, one of the biggest issues can be coming up with enough capital to make it worthwhile. Well, the good news is my sponsor, City Traders Imperium, have solved this problem for you. Their day trading and swing trading funding programs mean you can trade between 10,000 and 4 million in capital with up to 100% profit share. Yes, you get everything you make on the account. Plus, the folks at CTI have made it super stress-free, allowing you up to six months to pass the funding challenge, which means if life gets in the way, you can park things for a while and stick to your trading plan. To check them out, click the link in the description below or in the card above. Righty-ho, folks, we managed to get uh, squeeze another couple of questions in here with Tom. Uh, we realized we didn't really talk about the difference between going from sort of trading a, a lower size to a higher size and what that entails like from a mindset point of view it's got to be quite a, a big shift, right? So how do you how does somebody cope with that, Tom? Okay, so the first thing I want to do is I want to take you 
to a movie uh, that is part of the repertoire as my preparation. Not every single day, but definitely on a weekly basis. And it's called Free Solo. And it's with a gentleman called Alex Honnold. And Alex Honnold, for me, epitomizes what people perceive as fearlessness. He climbs up the, the, the rock face uh, of the Yosemite uh, uh, El Capitan. But when you actually hear Alex Honnold's approach to free climbing, free climbing without ropes, you're saying to him, well, obviously the, the consequences of climbing without a rope are much bigger than when you climb with a rope. And I relate that to trading big size versus small size. And so when we're trading, uh, so the, the biggest position I ever had was I was trading the, the FTSE index in 3,500 pounds a point. Now, the average stake size, I have been told by brokers, is about seven to 10 pounds. So you can see there's a big, big difference between trading 10 pounds a point and trading three and a half thousand pounds a point. You're 10 points offside and you basically just lost an average earner's income in just 10 points. And so what I loved about the Alex Honnold's approach to free climbing is that to the, to the naked eye, it seems as if he's just this daredevil adrenaline freak, but actually he isn't. He takes his preparation to whole new levels so that he can uh, assimilate whatever pressure may come from free soloing, you know, three and a half thousand feet up in the air, and there's absolutely nothing but the abyss underneath. And the same when you're trading enormous size, you don't just dive into trading big size. I didn't just start trading three and a half thousand pound a point, but I knew, incidentally, I I had a friend who, uh, who works in one of the major brokers up in London. And I said to him, who's your biggest trader? And what do they trade? And said, well, our biggest trader is so-and-so, and he trades a thousand pounds a point in the FTSE. And I said, a thousand pounds a point? Is he nuts? That's like, what? That's an enormous, I can't even imagine you trading a thousand pounds a point. And here I am. Um, 10 years later, and I'm trading three and a half times more sorry, yeah, than he is. Yeah. And when I look back to how did I get to that? Well, it was a slow and increment process. Oh, and this is what I recommended. You know, we spoke about Pete, who was trading a pound a point. Mm. I, I went through this process. And, and I, Cam, you're not going to like this. And your viewers are not going to like it because it, it, is, it is the borderline anal obsessive approach to trading right but it was actually a gentleman called david paul and if you ever in, want to interview a real hardcore guy who has been a tremendous inspiration to me you want to invite dr david paul but david paul said to me you want to increase your trading size do 30 trades review 30 trades review 30 trades review and constantly expose yourself to your weaknesses uh, patch them up, make your weaknesses your strength, and review. So he was constantly reinforcing, pressurizing yourself to the breakage point. Review, go back in again. Review, so that everything you just did became second nature. And the funny thing was, when I finally made it up to 100 pounds a point, 200 pounds a point, what came next? It wasn't 101 or 102, because I'm thinking, I'm just doing the process here. 
I'm so familiar with the process and the fear stimuli is being neutralized that going from 100 to, to 200 was like, or going from 5 to 10 was like, oh my God, I am dying here. I am trading 10 pounds a point. I can't cope with it. I can't <laughs> deal with it. And then, oh my God. And then you sort of, you became, you became accustomed to that. So from 100 to 200, boom. And then the odd thing was, and then I went from 200 to 300. And before I knew it, I went 300 to 1,000. And then I was 1,000. I'm thinking, well, I got a bit more in me here. I'm going to go 1,300. And the reason is I can, I can trade in increments. Who I trade with, the broker I trade with, will allow me to trade in increments of max 300 pounds right. a point. So that's why I went 300, 300, 300. And, and so that, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, what is my position? Oh, I am long 2,500 pounds a point here, and I'm seven points in profit. That feels good. So take the pound a point trader like Pete. He went from one to five and he nearly spontaneously combusted. He couldn't cope with it. So I said to him, okay, go back and then rebuild slowly. David Paul, who I just recommended, he has this brilliant story of how he got his wife to exercise. He didn't say to her, all right, love, go and, go and run 10 kilometers. He said, Go and run up to the light post. It's 500 meters. And if you have to walk, because what you have to be mindful of here, and that's what this whole, uh, this whole communication between you and I today, this podcast is about how do I navigate around my fear mind? That's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about many things, but ultimately what people need to do is to control their fear mind. And if you introduce too big a change too soon, your mind is going to go, I can't cope with this. But if you introduce changes slowly, gradually, and imperceptibly, the mind is not going to reject it through fear. It's going, oh, I can cope with that. Oh, I can cope with that. Oh, I can cope with that. That's how you build up size. But incidentally, building up size is synonymously with also being a better trader because trade bigger size because your process has changed and your approach to fear has been changed as well. Does that make sense to you that we, we instill change slowly and gradually so that our minds do not object to the change? Mm. Yeah, I did that with the cold showers. I, I'd start off with a warm, whole normal shower. There we and go. then the last few seconds, cold. And then like gradually got to the point where now I have a cold shower every morning and probably maybe even during Fair the day. Play, well. man. And then it's like, you know, Fair two play. degrees outside, so it's it's pretty cold. Um, now, question on that, well though. Done. Question on that. So what about, like, I mean, most traders I talk to talk about, you know, trading percentage of your account. Now, you're sort of, sounds like you've got a completely different view on, like. I have a different view on so many things. I don't use risk to reward because I'm thinking, why would I know what my reward is? I want to know what the market will give me. And also, say you have a 100,000 account and you use 1%. I'm asking myself, well, why would I have so much money in the account? That just creates a false narrative. It creates a false sense of confidence. I don't want 100,000 in my account and only use 1,000 for trading capital. Then I would rather have 10,000 in my account, 90,000 in reserve, and I use 10% of my account. Because then I will have to refund and then maybe in the process of refunding my account, I'm just going to go, hang on, before I hand over my credit card, maybe I should just think 
why did I just blow up? But if you have a hundred thousand, you create this false security. Mm. Oh, I got plenty of money in the account. I'll just carry on. I would rather back someone on a on a shoestring than on a big account. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a ton of sense, actually. I know. And funny, I, like, I just... this stuff has like bounced around my mind for years, and I'm like. Why would somebody trade two percent or one percent on a hundred thousand dollar account? What was the rest of my money well, because doing? Because it was just sort of, really... oh, we just oh, someone said it once, and then oh, that's probably right. But we need to start thinking for ourselves, and we need to confront these old doctrines and say, does that actually apply to me? And I don't think it does, because I don't live to play safe. I want to live out there. I want to take chances. I. I because I don't want to live with regrets. I want to see how far can I push it. But I don't want to be reckless either. So I need to review. Push the boundaries, review. Push the boundaries, review. Why do you think Kobe Bryant would get up so early and practice 700 free shots before the rest of us even got out of bed? Because through his practice, he established muscle memory. And I want to establish muscle memory on my trading, I don't think about, oh, my God, I got to get out of this trade because, you know, I have five points in profit. I'm going to go, can I add to it? Muscle memory. Can I add to it? Muscle memory. That's my approach to it. And that is through constantly pressing the narrative, pr- constantly pressing. Okay, don't, don't, don't settle. Don't be content. Because the worst thing, I, I injured my back recently. And so I... Uh, uh, I, I had to go to physiotherapy. And this physiotherapist I went to, he was an absolute maniac himself, an Ironman runner. And he said to me, when I win an Ironman, do you think I sit there and go, yay, Harkin Dash ice cream time? No, I'm going to go, when can I win the next one? And I love that mentality of going, yeah, you know, you rest on your laurels for yeah. a day or two and you go back to it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back in there. Well, I like that. Last question, right? Last we've been been at this for two and a half hours, so this is going to be the last question before uh, we we say goodbye. You to keep Tom. saying that, yeah, I know this is the last one, and I, I don't like asking this question to people because it's sort of to me it seems like um, and feel free not to, not to answer it, but it always feels like it's like me saying, "What's your salary?" Yeah, but I know you're fairly open with what you do. Um, what so the question is, what was the last deposit that you put into an account without blowing it? What was your sort of final deposit amount? Where that was your initial deposit? But Cam, that's not a secret at all. Uh, I start the year with a hundred thousand. I started this year with a hundred thousand, and I do that. And, and at, at, at speaking rate, we are now at one point five million. And, and that's just what everyone—that's the publicly available information. Right. And and I, I I you say, well, why don't you start with a million quid? I said, well, <laughs> because the broker won't allow me to trade bigger. That, that's the that's the gas on the truth. The, the, the broker, hang on there, hang on there. Uh, just calm yourself. I, when I get phone calls from the broker, it's not margin call. It's, do you think you could calm down a little bit? Because I cannot keep up with the hedging. Oh, so say, for example, I'm trading the NASDAQ and I go 200, 200, 200, 200. The broker will call me and say, pause it there. You're machine gunning me. I can't keep up. Okay, so... You know, I you can make all the money you want, and I'll go out and hedge. But you gotta at least give me two seconds in between trades, so I can at least just have a fighting chance to keep up with. And 
and then we have that dialogue. And the, the, the broker is my friend. The broker is there. He, he, he is the conduit between me and the market. And, and, I have, and, and I understand the broker needs to make money as well. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Um, but there's, but I, uh, I, I don't want to make enormous deposits because much less will do. I'm trading on 200 to 1 margin as it is anyway. And it's a great broker, instant execution. But I don't want to have these big accounts because it also creates a false sense of security. I don't want to say, hey, if I blow up, I want to go, okay, you just lost 100,000 pounds. And by the way, when I started trading that, this year, I went from 100,000 to 70,000 on the first trade. Oh, and I went, shit. <laughs> and then, and by, by day two or day three, I was then up at 220,000 pounds. And so it was a bit of a blip, but it's important not to have a, a false sense of, of confidence. And, and I feel that you create that by starting slow and then you just build up and build up. And I don't even take money out either. They're just staying there. Ah, so, so okay. And so, what, what in terms of like living expenses and stuff, you just used the what the money you made the year before, or yes, ah, that's right. Oh, right. That's how I do. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. uh, so what, the last question. Okay, I know I've said that was the last one, but this is the last one. Ah, Honestly, ah, there you go. What, it was the last question. <laughs> what does it? What does it feel like at the end of the year when you've made that withdrawal to get you back down to one hundred? And on that sort of changeover period, what's the sort of does anything change for you? I, in my Telegram channel, I think we average, or I average about twenty thousand pounds a day. And when I then when I finish the year, but incidentally, I have to tell you this because I want to be truly honest and transparent. My trading size really escalated when I started running the Telegram channel, and I started making a lot more money. When I ran the Telegram channel, do you understand now what I say that actually I should be paying people to yeah, be yeah, in the Telegram channel? Yeah. Be- because that audit process became ever more important than it ever was. And so taking the money out, it's like, oh, well, whatever, because, you know, you covered all your living expenses and then you focus on the process. And, and Cam, if you knew me, I'm not a spender. I, I you know, I don't, I don't. Look at me. I, you know, I don't create YouTube videos with me sitting behind a Lamborghini, although I could afford 10 of them if I mm. wanted to. But that's not the point, isn't it? I don't want to portray a, an image of wealth. I want to portray an image of integrity and process. Be- because me standing behind or in front of a Lamborghini or a, a Rolls Royce or whatever, they, they, it's, just, it's so stupid. Because, because this doesn't make, doesn't make the viewer a good trader to see that you got wealth that you're flaunting with a Philip Patek and a big house and a, and a Rolls Royce Phantom and whatever else these tossers are showing. You know, what you want to do is you want to appeal to people and say, how can I make you a better trader? Well, I can make you a better trader by making you focus on the process. And I'm making you focus on when you wake up in the morning, you're saying to yourself, how can I avoid being like the 90% that is also going to trade today? Because they will lose. And that's what I want to be known for. That's the narrative that I want to push. Why? Well, because then I can look myself in the mirror and then I can live with a life with integrity. Mm. That's awesome. And, and, and I mean, what, what's, what I find weird is, you know, you, even then you'll get people trolling you and you oh, know, hating geez, on right, you, you and know, all that right sort of now, stuff. I've got some people that have created channels where they put homophobic images, sorry, uh, uh, sexual images when they they transpose my oh, face right. on yeah. to homosexual images. 
No, I'm from Denmark, you know. Sexual liberation came to Denmark before any other country in the world. We liberated porn. So I grew up with a fair degree of a, of a natural, um, shall we say, uh, uh, a natural uh, relationship with yeah. nudity and sex. But some of these people, they think that I must be offended because they take my face and transpose it onto two men having sex. Yeah. I just think, why bother? Why waste your time with that? It it is the the most utterly pointless exercise in the world. So you don't like what I do? Go and do something else, mate. I don't care. I'm not asking people to give me money. I'm just doing it because this is what I love to do. This is crazy. You know what? There's an abundance of strange people in this world, and you just got to live with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, look, um, thank you once again for coming on. And, guys, I, I do promise that we'll get Tom back on here again, and he's promised to do us a, a, a chart breakdown as well. So if you're if you, yeah, you, know, you, you, if you, if you wanting to see some chart stuff, it is coming, but stay tuned. Uh, yes. It'll be on the channel soon. Tom, before we wrap Thanks up, again, do, do you want to just let people know how they get hold of you and all that sort of stuff? Yes. Um, I have a website called TraderTom.com. And once you get there, it's pretty self-explanatory. And by the way, just a word of warning. If you ever come across someone saying they're me and they're charging you money because they want to sell your secrets, it's not me. Awesome. I don't charge for yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, guys, um, do remember we did do an amazing podcast and we've got two parts to it. Uh, links below the video. Hit subscribe, hit like, click on the notifications bell, click all so you don't miss it. All right, we'll see you on the next hey. one. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. All right, folks, so there you have it. Interview done with Trader Tom there. If you do want to check out parts one and part two, which are much longer, so in fact, they're an hour each. This one was a bit shorter then head over to tradingnut.com and you'll find those over there. And do remember, check out his book, Best Loser Wins, to really understand how you can do some practical stuff with your trading to improve your trading mindset. So awesome stuff there from Tom. Uh, now, other things dropping here. Remember that Karen Davis video on the Wyckoff, trading on Wyckoff like a pro. And it's a 10-minute guide, and it's pretty much the best guide I've seen in terms of understanding how Wyckoff works. Uh, and if you're looking to automate anything you, uh, you can dream up, then I do have a course called Robot Builders Club where I can teach you how to do that without doing any coding at all. We've also got Robot Robot Lab Live where we're building a trading robot with the goal of it passing a funding challenge. Uh, and you can get a free trading robot over there on tradingnut.com if you just want to try things out and see how it all works. All right, folks, enough from me, and we'll see you in the next episode.